Hey, it's Christy. Welcome to Do The Work. Today and every day, we'll talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences. We'll discuss what emotional work looks, sounds, and feels like in our day-to-day lives. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with your God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Welcome to Do the Work with Christy. I feel so happy and excited to have Johnny Hanna with me today. Johnny is a father of eight children with his wonderful wife, Paige. They have eight children, seven boys, one girl, two dogs. Uh, Johnny actually co-founded Homie and Entrada. And Johnny, I want you to tell us a little bit more, just a little more about those companies and what they are. He also loves chess and trampolines. And then in his text, when I said, hey, what would you like me to share? That was exactly what he shared with me. And he said, is that enough? (laughs) It made me love him even more because, yes, it's enough. And I know you've done and accomplished so many things in your life, Johnny. But one of the reasons I want to have you here today is to talk about how what success really is, how it affects our lives and, and the reality in your life as um, you've, you've had a lot of success in business and you talk a lot about emotional health inside of business. And I'm so thrilled to have you here. So thanks for coming, Johnny. Yeah, thank you. Will you tell us just a little more that that was enough, but I want to know just a little bit more. What's homie for those who don't who don't drive down I-15 and giggle every single time they see the billboards. Will you tell us what those are? Yeah, so Homie helps you buy and sell home, mm-hmm. essentially. And uh, we, we've become a real estate brokerage. We're a mortgage brokerage. We're a title company, an insurance company. So everything you need to buy and sell a home, we've just streamlined it. Um, we've lowered the cost so you save tens of thousands of dollars every time there's a transaction. So that that was the goal with Homie. That's that's what Homie's about. Any other billboards, we've had a lot of fun with those. Um, they are so funny. My, my wife, who you mentioned, she came up with several of them over the years. So Does she really? Yeah, we, we have good little brainstorming uh, I laugh out and, loud in my car. I'm <laughs> balling myself. <laughs> They're good. Yeah. And, and it's got to be a balance of like educational and humor. So we try to mm-hmm. mix it up here and there. But yeah. And then Entrada is property management software. So most people probably will never... I work with Entrada or know they're working with Entrada, but about 5% of anyone who's renting nationwide pays their rent online through Entrada. So we're an online payment gateway, uh, an accounting software. We have marketing websites. All of that's part of Entrada. So both real estate software companies. That's awesome. So awesome. And I saw that you were like CEO of the state and something of the nation and all the things. Want me to say them all? Oh, I, <laughs> I actually can't. Do you want to tell us? <laughs> yeah, no. I yeah, we've had we've had a lot of awards, a lot of recognition. We have amazing people that have have continued to grow the company. So I've mm-hmm. I felt felt honored to you know be part of those businesses and to have have overcome the challenges that we were you know trying to solve. So awesome! Thank you. So the reason I well I know. Johnny's wife, Paige, just a little. I, um, but I always liked her from my interactions with her. So Johnny and Paige have the same Facebook. Is that true? Do you share a yeah. Facebook page? And so I started seeing posts on Johnny uh, that Johnny would post about um, emotional and mental health 
in the workplace and just the vulnerability that you were willing to share. I, <laughs> when I read one, I've been lying to my wife for years and I'm like, hmm, you know, keep reading. And then you go on to talk about how you would tell her you'd be home for dinner at a certain time and then you weren't home for dinner at those times. And I think if most people, you know, in fact, I know this as I work with clients, it's like, that's not lying. That's like, I'm busy. I'm, I'm building a business here. I, we can eat because I'm at work, right? There's so much justification around it. But your language of I've been lying to her was so beautiful. And then so many more beautiful posts. But that's why I wanted to have you here today, Johnny. I want to talk about emotional health. And sometimes it seems that women are more willing to talk about emotional health. Do you find that in business? 100%. Yeah. And that I want you. I'm so excited for you to share and what you've seen, what you've learned, and just number one, what you model. Yeah, I think in Western society, men, you know, have been taught to cowboy up. You yeah, know, I think that that's that's. I think it's going away to a degree. I think people are becoming more vulnerable. Men are, are becoming more vulnerable, but I, I don't know if there is a difference between men and women on emotions. Like no. We, we all have the same, like we all have the same insecurities, the same drama, you know, like, mm-hmm. but I think guys are just taught to sweep it under the rug, you know, whatever it is, um, whatever phrase, like I was taught to cowboy up. Yeah. My dad was a cowboy. All my, my uncles, my mom and her sisters, they were all cowgirls. Yeah. So that. What does cowboy that, like, up mean? Just like toughen up, you know, like if you, if you fall down and scrape don't cry about it like just dust yourself off and 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 you know fight through it yeah where you learn to to numb to go numb you you don't learn to express yourself and to and you just tuck it away and and that i think becomes problematic i couldn't agree more we i believe johnny and you share if you have any thoughts here i believe god has actually given us this mechanism this tool to work through and and heal from trauma and and pain in our life with his help obviously but feelings are the are the um gift to be able to work through and not have to hold on to and carry pain our through our whole life so cowboy up says stop feeling is that what you're suggesting it's it's saying yeah this god-given body that has an a range of emotions to shut off those emotions yeah and, and that's where I just think yeah. most of us go numb. We want to check out, or that is how we go numb is we check out. Yeah. We'll just yeah go to social media, go to sports, whatever it is, and or, or use work or whatever it is to distract from how we're really feeling. So, so good. And it, it is, it is men and women alike. We, we all do it and we distract in lots of different ways. And we can talk about that as well. Um, what I really want to ask you is why, so you're creating these businesses, you're CEO of the year, you're all of these things. And all of a sudden you're talking about emotional like things that most people would, I mean, they hide, they, not only will they not talk about it, they, they're offended if someone were to suggest that they were to have any kind of emotional pain or, um, I don't know, behavior that's hurtful to themselves or other people. Why? Why were you willing to come out in? You've been taught to cowboy up. 
are you willing to start talking about it? I think that the the pain that I felt throughout my life or in business, I guess I'll just start with business, like and share a couple examples. And I'm, I'm happy to talk about that lying to my wife being home at six too, but yeah. going to board meetings. So I have a bunch of investors. Yeah. And so the fear that I would have in preparing for a board meeting mm. was like debilitating or a company meeting where I'd stand up in front of all the employees. I'd want to have everything lined up perfectly and speak uh, intelligently and then rally the team and have everybody go back to work and then be like, that was an amazing company meeting, you know, and that's what I was hoping for. So, you know, I wanted to control that experience and really put in that effort. And over time, it, it, I just, I hated, I hated with a passion, my board meetings and the company mm-hmm. meetings. And I just thought like, you know, how do I work on this? So working with my wife and, and, and talking to other people, like, understanding why I was thinking the way I was thinking and feeling the way I was feeling. I worked on just thinking, okay, what if, what if I go to my board meeting and they do fire me? Yeah. What will that mean about me? If Wait, I get fired, who could fire you? Weren't you the guy? Well, I was the CEO, but I, <laughs> oh, you have a but, board. but when, when I you raise money for a company, yeah. these investors then take board seats and then they become my boss. Right. So you start the company that's right. But then you can be fired because of this board. Yep. You can be Got removed it. as a CEO. You still have ownership of your company. Yeah. But I didn't want to be removed. And and I'm like, I've heard horror stories of people raising money from VCs and they just come and oust you and take your idea. And yeah, but all of that was just like fear-based, uh, yeah, fear-based information. And, and so I, I just thought like, why would they fire me? These investors, they invested in me. Yeah. And our company. Yeah. And they like me. Why am I going into this meeting with so much fear? Hmm. And so I just thought, and I worked on this. I, I kept thinking if they were to fire me, why? They must think there's a better CEO to take this company to greater heights. And that would make me more wealthy financially if there's a better CEO. Yeah. Like, and these guys I did look up to and I, and I, they were intelligent people. So and, and again, they invested in me. So the thought process of just thinking, oh, they're just going to come fire me was a, a bad one. Like it, it wasn't even, it wasn't logical, rational. But as I, as I worked on that and, and worked through therapeutic principles on understanding those fears and through prayer, yeah. getting past that fear, uh, not listening to that evil voice that's telling me all those things. I just thought, you know what, again, if I, if I'm, if I'm removed as CEO, it's probably the best thing for me and the company. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would go to those meetings relaxed and, and not as worried. I said, I'd still prepare, yeah. but I wasn't just stressing out about it or company meetings. I got up in front of all my employees after I worked through this too. And I just said, everybody like, this is what I put into this company meeting and I hate it. And, and I just want to be myself. Um, I might not be as polished. I might not rally the team like maybe you expect me to or or like I would like to but I'm just going to be real and you're going to get the real Johnny going forward and I want to have fun in these company meetings I'm tired of being stressed out of my mind and I and I also said I'm going to you know hire a therapist and we're going to train everybody on the principles that I've been learning mm. and after that company meeting so many people came up to me leaders in my company shared like one of them said that they had just checked themselves into a mental hospital that weekend and was crying. And another lady just said, I've been suffering for years with this addiction. 
And, and they were just like, thank you for opening up. Like that allows me to open up. And then I'm like, okay, we're having a weekly meeting as a company. Anybody that wants to join, we're going to have a weekly mental health hour. So we did on Wednesdays at noon. Like anybody can just come and load or anybody, you know, if we want to talk about politics, religion, I don't care what, like, let's, let's get it out. Let's talk and, and help each other. And, and then I saw how that affected my, my relationship with my people. And I'm like, everyone should do this. Like this shouldn't be taboo. This should be required. And all of us should be open about it. So that's where I'm like, I'm going to start posting online and, and, and just share some of my experiences and, and hopefully get others to realize like, this is really healthy and it's really beneficial and you're going to be a better person and people around you are going to be better. Like it's just, it's, it's a win-win for everyone. You're working with humans. So Everyone in that meeting has feelings. They have fear. They have hopes. And all of that combined is going to create some emotion. So your your honesty, I just, oh, I love it so much. You said it was almost debilitating going into those meetings. So we uh, did a podcast earlier on the difference between shame and guilt. And a lot of people have a hard time connecting shame because they think shame means I've done something wrong, but you just described beautifully what shame does and how it sounds and how it affects you in your life. You created a company that was doing really well. You're obviously capable. You have many gifts and talents. And yet, and I'm guessing it wasn't a conscious thought. Your thought was, what if they fire me? It wasn't a conscious thought. I'm not enough. Or what if I'm not lovable? Or what if I don't matter? Right? So lots of times people have a hard time connecting to what does it mean to have shame? But, and I don't know, would you use a different word than shame? Because you just described it beautifully. Yeah. And I think the way that you're describing it is, is perfect too. And it's, I think that's ultimately what it is. It's your self-worth. It's your doubt. It's, it's doubt and fear. Like they're behind all of those different yes. phrases that you're telling yourself. Yes. Because so, what would it mean about you if they fired? What were you afraid of? If they fired you, then what would it have meant about yeah, you? Yeah. It means I, I wasn't a good CEO. I'm not a good leader. I'm not a good businessman. Ultimately, yeah. I'm, I'm not a good man, a good provider for my kids. Yeah. Like it, it just, you can keep going deeper. It, it goes, it goes really deep, but those aren't the thoughts that come to your mind. It's just, I'm going to get fired. Yeah. The, the funny thing about that company meeting, when I said, you know, I, I might not be as polished. I might not rally as much. And people came up to me and they're like, you're not very polished. Anyhow, like, <laughs> and I was like, turns out like, so why did I put in so much effort? Awesome. If I'm really not that polished anyhow, I'm like, all right, well, thanks yeah. for being honest, I guess I a little too honest, that. but no, it was, it was fun. So someone's like, you, you tried to be polished, you know, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> and you're fired. <laughs> yeah, stop. Get out. Uh, no, that's but great. that's where it's like, yeah, it was all in my head. It's so it's all in. So in your head, sig- what, what that really means is my thoughts were creating my feelings. Here, here's a, here's an even uh, like a micro thought of that experience. As soon as I shared that, I had so many other uh, statistics and company updates to go through. Yeah. But as soon as I shared that, they all started applauding. Oh. And it was like, I was like, oh, you know, that I'm, I'm rallying the team. Like this is a yeah. rally, you know, like, but I, I, I'm rallying the team by being vulnerable. But the thoughts that went through my head, I'm like, 
They're just clapping because I'm the CEO. They're mm. clapping because they have to. Yeah. And then in that moment, I recognize that too. And I'm like, stop it. Yeah. Like knock it off. And so, but that's, that's the voice that was in my head telling me what, what mm. I was hearing. And then I just, I blocked it out. And I'm like, I looked around and people look sincere, you know, and they, and I didn't ask them to clap. And I'm like, and I, and then I, I, I just thought, soak it in, just enjoy just this moment, it. just feel yes. it. And so I, I just started crying in front of everybody, oh. which I didn't want to do, but like, I, I felt it and I felt like it wasn't like, like, yeah, they're applauding that. That's how they're accepting of the real me. And it was so tender. And I, I felt like I had that connection with my employees of my company at that moment. So, um, but, but you can, you can see like, even in that very second, oh, I was battling those thoughts. It's rapid fire. It is, it, it's quick. And if we're not conscious of our thoughts, you were conscious of the thought that came in. If we're not conscious of our thoughts, we just go day by day, just almost, um, submitting to just these random thoughts that come into mm-hmm. our mind. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. It, just you sharing it feels vulnerable and sweet. And anyone who's listening, it doesn't matter. They're, they're not going to be maybe the CEO of their company. They may be um, a mother, a father. They might be a neighbor. They could be you know, someone who's just got a new job or applying for a new job. Just you being willing to say, hey, be mindful of the thoughts and your feelings. Oftentimes we recognize the feeling you, you, you again, use the word debilitating. We can recognize the feeling, but we don't know where it's coming from. And we just think, Oh, it's because I have to be okay. I have to do good. But in truth, it's because I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Yeah. I I have a friend named Lauren Dalton and he gave a speech at Ensign college not too long ago. And he talked about um, how everything really is good and evil. And he just said, like, there's evil around us. And these voices are evil voices. Like, you can try to listen to the, you know, the Holy Spirit, which is the good. Yeah. But we rarely recognize that there's evil spirits talking to us. And they're so creative that they talk in first person mm. and say, like, I am a bad businessman or I am, I am bad, you know, whatever yeah. it is. But yeah. it's, and it's, you think it's you, you think it's your voice. But that this talk was like, oh, that's not even me. No. I'm just listening to that crap. Like, and I want it gone. And so that's helped me. That's good. That that's helped me not to have as much shame, even like beating myself up, like, oh, I shouldn't be thinking these thoughts. Yeah. And it's like, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not thinking those thoughts. Maybe they're just coming. Maybe they're just rapid fire coming at me. Mm. And I need to rapid fire protect myself that's and block good. those out and listen to what's really true. And, and, and hear the, the more still small voice, right? That's really, that's really good. I'm going to find that. We'll put a link to that talk. So good. Um, it's one of my favorites. In the show notes. That's really He great. just came out with a book too. Oh, really? What's yeah. it called? Let's give him a I, shout out. I can't remember, but yeah, Lauren Dalton is the author. I, I, it's not, uh, I think you can pre-order on Amazon. It's okay. Awesome. Come on. Okay. Okay. So in your Facebook posts in your um, business, you talk a lot about being mentally fit. What do you mean by that? What does it mean to be mentally fit? I think it's what we've been talking about. Like just recognizing your thoughts and feelings, like, you know, your emotional health, your mental health, 
and, and again, companies, companies do things. Uh, you know, I, I remember my old company, we gave everybody passes to Vasa hmm. to go and, and work on their physical fitness, but we did nothing for emotional or mental health. And so like you can get physically fit, but how do you get mentally, emotionally fit? And it's, it is, it's, it's working on why you do the things you do and, and really going deep. Like, why am I late? Why am I late to dinner every night? And why don't I feel bad about it? Yeah. You know, that, that, that was probably the worst part. Yeah. You know, my wife's like, we push back dinner till six for you. The kids are home. They're hungry. Yeah. And I want to have dinner ready at six every night. That's, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to get cold. And here you stroll in at six Oh five and like, give yourself a high five for only being five minutes late, you know? <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, five minutes, that's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, but it was five, 10, 15, 25, you know, it just went back and forth. Yeah. And she's like, would you ever be late? And this is where my wife is amazing. She's like, would you ever be late to an investor meeting? Would you ever be late to your company meeting, your board meetings? Never. Why, why again, the why, like that. So why, why am I doing that? Yeah. And, and part of that analyzing the mental fitness approach of it, like doing a few mental pushups, like really looking at it. I felt that I needed to work till 6 PM every night or as close to six as possible. Be one of the last, you know, or, or at least outwork these other guys. Like why? Because if, if I'm the CEO, like I need to lead by example, yet we have these values that teach everybody to have balance at work. And I tell everyone to take vacations and to be with their, their spouse or their family. And I wasn't leading by example there. Mm. It was more that, that hustle culture that was ingrained in me of just the workaholism, you know, and like, I just, I got to do this or I got to finish this last email when there wasn't anything pressing, but Mm -hmm. why? Why, 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 why did I do that? And so I had to put a lot of work, I had to get mentally fit because I want to be home with my wife and kids. And and she said, she just finally set about it. And she's like, look, they're going to tell me how their day is at school. We're going to start dinner at six. You can be there or you can not be there. It's your choice. And that was, that's a strong woman to say that. I think she's amazing. She is amazing. <laughs> and that kind of slapped me. I'm like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean you're going to do it with, with or without yeah. me? You know, <laughs> then I had to like take a bite of humble pie and be like, she's right. Why, why am I letting dinner get cold? Why am I going to make the kids repeat themselves? I wouldn't put up with that if I were her either. Yeah. I really love that because I'm guessing if someone said to you, what are your priorities? Your aunt, like, what do you? What's most important to you? Your answer would have been everybody's answer is the same. <laughs> yeah, my family is the most important. Yeah, and your behavior wasn't connecting to what you were saying. I I call it often like one plus one is an equaling two, or I can't connect the dots. You're wanting me to connect the dots, but they don't connect from what you say and what you do. Yeah, and in the dinner example, like people might be like, "Wow, that's extreme," yeah. like you know, but but all those add up. And, you know, and, and, and she was patient and, and, and not that I've been home every single time at six, but, right. and, and not that I even check in and say, Hey, I'm going to be late. Like sometimes I still miss and make mistakes, but dinner's at six. And that's where she's like, I, I'm, I'm no longer going to, you know, enable that behavior and, and pester you. Like, this is what it is. And if you're not here, I, I realize something must've come up. I would like a phone call and a heads up, but if not, 
great. So Let me good. know. Yeah. Excuse me. Relationships are built on trust. And is it late? Is it a big deal if you're late, if you're 10 minutes late to dinner? No. Not if it's not common. And not if you've already built trust inside of your relationship, right? But those are the things that build trust. And I had none. Like I yeah. was, if I, if it wasn't 620, like if it was 615, I was proud of myself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. CEO of the year and husband of the year. Only 15 year. minutes late. Yeah. Like 15 minutes? That's yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like kids yeah. can wait. It's called justification. Yeah. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I love that you can see it. Yeah. Kids can wait. I, I'm. This is, I'm in, I'm providing for a family. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and, and those feelings are real too. And expressing those, like I, I had a few hard conversations, you know, and, and she's like, great, we'll keep providing for the family, but we're going to have dinner at six <laughs> so, with, might, without you. She might be my person. <laughs> Thanks for sharing all that. <laughs> you know what? It's so courageous of her again. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Nothing in Paige is like demanding or you have to be. It was simply an invitation to connect with her, your children, at a time that is just really like it's it's a critical time where you can connect with the people you love. Yeah. And, and she, what I love about her is she's typically ahead of me on everything when it comes to mental fitness and emotional yeah. fitness. So she was setting some great examples for me, but. Yeah, just asking the question, like, do you want to do you want to have family dinner? Like, yeah. can you go? Can you finish that email after dinner? Yeah, you know, like, can yeah. we get creative on this? And so we we had, you know, she was great at at uh, holding boundaries, but you know, not not, uh, you know, she and she she blew up many times and mm-hmm. expressed herself, didn't tuck things in, right? And those blow ups were good for me to be shaken, and then I would do it back, you know, and mm-hmm. we eventually got to a place where. I think we understand each other. And, and like you said, trust um, is earned over time and relationships are built over time and we're both growing and learning. So that's from like any of these experiences, if they can help other people, you know, I'll post them. I'll throw them online. I love, so. it. I love it. We're here to learn, grow and progress. And you just described both of you getting upset, have, you know, just, and then talking about it, working through it. If we're learning, growing, and progressing, then no experience is wasted, none. And so you sharing the ins and outs of that one experience, I think is really helpful, Johnny. Thank you. You you mentioned maybe a false belief that you had. And I, I want, I'm wondering if you'll share common beliefs that you see, whether it's in business or at your in your church or in your neighborhood or wherever you're at, um, common false beliefs. You mentioned, you know, I've got to be the last one out of the office and I, I need to like things that kept you from actually living in a congruent with what you value. Yeah. You know, a, a thought that came to my mind, it's so hard to look at yourself and I have examples of myself, but one of the first that came to my mind is, is an individual that I, I loved. He, he was the probably smartest or in my perception, the smartest guy that I graduated with Mm. um, in my graduating class in college, he got recruited by a bunch of companies, handsome, tall, well-built married a girl that we all knew at school. She was amazing as well. Just had a, you know, 
after graduating, he went and got his MBA at university of Chicago, you know, like just seemed like this guy was perfect. And, and I remember, you know, he, he came and worked with me for a little bit and I hired him from some other company in, in California. And he was a, he was a roommate of mine in, in college as well, but I always wanted to work with him and I hired him to be the director of whatever in my company. <laughs> and he, and he pulled me aside one day and he's like, Johnny, like I'm only a director at this age, you know? And, and it caught me off guard. Like, I'm like, I, I've never really given a, a lot of thought to titles. At least mm-hmm. I haven't thought I, I did, but I, I, I did, but right. I didn't realize that, that I right. did at the moment. He said that and, and it really meant a lot to him. And he's like, what do you think it'll take for me to be a vice president, you know, or mm. whatever title he was, he was trying to, to go for. And it hurt me hearing that from him. Mm. Like just thinking, you know, he's putting value on, on that title. That means something to him. Mm -hmm. But my view of him, like he's on this pedestal, like I've always looked up to him and I was grateful to be working with him. And, and, and he wanted this role and I'm like, yeah, great. You want that? You're hired, done, you know? And, and, and that's, that's caused me to look at titles as well. And like worried about getting fired or any of that. I I wanted to separate myself from the title of my job or even my company. Like, Oh, you're, you're the CEO founder of homie. Like you hear that, you hear the excitement of people or or whatever meeting you and, and, and you'll, you'll take it in a lot of times and, and then make that part of who you are. And so I worked hard to separate that so that I could go to those board meetings in case they wanted to fire me. Yeah. You know, and, and I did, I ended up firing myself this last September Mm. and it didn't really have a huge effect on me in, in, in terms of my identity, you know, of this is the common belief that I have. This is who I am. Yeah. But titles and work are are so common. And I I think a lot of people have that, but this friend of mine took his life last October. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I'm not attributing it to this title example, but it's again, one of many things that we tell ourselves we're not enough. We tell ourselves, and I don't know, I don't know what went through his, his head on any of this. You know, I don't know if he was telling himself that in that moment on titles, he told me, and he shared that my perceived weakness of his, of looking at himself less than he, he really was in my eyes. Like he was a giant of a man, an amazing father, an amazing coworker, an amazing friend, like amazing dancer, mm-hmm. you know, like he was just, he was so oh, talented. Yes. So oh. yeah, I think, you know, answering your question, like, I think that the titles, like that's a false belief oh. that's really common. If I don't start a company, if I don't get this title, if like, I'm not going to be enough for my wife and kids, or I won't be as much of a provider if I don't get this promotion. Yeah. So it were, that's from like, this has to be at work because it's like the worst at work is what it feels it like. It has to be at work. You're right. It is. Well, it's at work, correct me or add, um, if there's, if you have different thoughts, but at work, it's almost like you're on a stage, you know, it's, are you doing good? Okay. Then we'll pay you this way or we'll acknowledge this instead of that internal belief. I'm keeping my commitments. I'm learning. I'm, I'm really um, I'm adding. I'm consistent. 
That worth is never going to come from a title. It's not going to come from a pay raise. I love that you said I fired myself from the very job you were so afraid of being fired from, right? right? Because you had, sounds like you've learned how you had learned how to separate what you do from who you are. And that doesn't come easily. That doesn't come easily at all. I have clients all the time, like I've been doing this for six months or a year and what's wrong. Well, you're human. And that voice won't stop. Johnny, I'm, I'm guessing it's just changed a little. It's not now you're going to get fired as a CEO. There's just different messages that you get to reframe, kick out, whatever the, the truth is for you. But so I, the titles is a huge one. And what titles I want to ask, you know, the young mom that's listening to this, what title do you want? Do you want, oh, she's the greatest mom. Look how good she is with her kid. Like, what do you, what are you maybe subconsciously seeking for? What title are you looking for? Or what belief do you have about your job or your role? Yeah. What, how do you want to be perceived by others? Yeah. How do you want to be perceived by others? I am going to be honest. I, <laughs> you were coming down to my office and I'm like, should I vacuum? <laughs> Johnny's pretty important. Should I vacuum? <laughs> That's my shame. That like, Cleanliness is important. This wasn't about cleanliness. This was about a perception that I was thinking, you know, what, sh- and immediately I can hear it really quickly now. And it wouldn't have been bad if I'd vacuumed if I thought, oh, the room needs vacuum. But my, th- that wasn't the first thought that came to my mind. It was about, am I okay? And I didn't even look at the carpet. So I think it happens because I didn't vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that to me, like in hearing that too, like the, the, the pedestal of yeah. me being important. Yeah. Like how am I different than any other person? Yeah. And, and that's the same pedestal that has come with being the CEO. Yeah. And that's where I've had to pull myself away from that and being like, I don't want that stupid pedestal because I am, I'm not any different. I'm, I'm figuring things out just like everybody else is figuring things out. And I think we all can be CEOs. We all can be we're all natural creators, I believe. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, yeah, that's, that's where the, the pedestal piece is a, is a shame a component. It's a component of shame also. And I've done that. I I've, and I continue to do it and it's so hard. And I tell my, you know, my wife's like, Oh, who are we going to dinner with? And I'm like, Oh, they're this, they're that, they're that. you know, I put them on this pedestal and, yeah. and she's like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> she's like, do they, do they eat hamburgers? Yeah. Good. <laughs> calm down a little bit, you know, yeah. but it's like, yeah, we're all just, on the same rock trying to get through this life and, and try not to struggle as much as we do. So there's no difference. And I I have a friend who just like, he started a company in a short period of time and sold it for over $2 billion. So like in all of our views in most people's perception, like he crushed it. Yeah. Right. And, and I went out to lunch with him and he's like, Johnny, I got all this money. And this is the hardest year of my life, oh. you know? And it's like, how does that swap perceptions or flip things upside down? Like, you know, money's not a destination, mm-hmm. you know, you don't arrive because you now have a bunch of zeros behind a certain number in your bank account. Yeah. And, and we're all human. We're all figuring it out. But I, you know, I'm like, as soon as I meet with him, like, that is what was in the news. That's what I saw. So like, congrats on this. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. I have, I have more. 
it, it was an Green experience. Paper. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly right. You know, in, in our world, we define success so often by the money we make, the way we look, the people that we surround ourselves with, right? Like that is, that's, we've in a way bought in, in one way or another to that definition of success. You've had a lot of that, Johnny, in your life. What's your definition of success? What would, how would you define success? Like if, if you were going to, nope, I'm going to say it this way. If we're coming to your funeral, I love to have funeral talks, by the way. <laughs> I, what would be the definition of success that, that Johnny was successful and then this was how they described your life? I think the, the qualities of Christ mm. and that's it. Mm. No talk of selling companies. Yeah. Millions. Yeah. Or how, how many times did you try to start a company and you failed? Or how many times did you think of an idea and you didn't even begin? Mm-hmm. Like who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, it just, none of it matters. It's how you treat others and how you treat yourself. And, and to me, that's, you know, the relationships are all you have on this earth. And, and if you can, you know, do your best to, to keep those and, and do your part, yes. like that's, that's it. Relationships are really all that really matter. Our relationship with ourself, with God, and with others. And if we're struggling, I, I want to sit with your friend and say, why was it the worst year? I'm guessing there's some pain in there mm-hmm. emotionally, totally. whether in his relationships or whatever. Okay. I need to send him to you. Okay. So. <laughs> Give him my number. <laughs> um I like to end my podcast, Johnny, with giving some work to do. What can someone work on this week um, as they walk into their jobs, as they walk into their families, their relationships, or as they're alone in, in whatever experience they're having? What work could they do? So the biggest work that I have done the last couple of years um, has been going to Christ. And I think... If I can send anybody anywhere, it would be to go to him. My belief growing up was that I was going to hell. Like those Mm. were some of the voices in my head, like Mm. that I I was never going to be good enough to go to heaven. Mm. And in going to, like I've prayed throughout my life, I've gone to church throughout my life, but a lot of it was just like, you know, I'll read the scriptures and they say like, you know, knock and you shall receive, ask and shall be open to you. But when I read it, my understanding was knock and eventually something will open up. Mm. you know, or ask, and maybe someday you'll receive. Um, but in going to him, I started expressing myself, even expressing my frustrations with him, expressing my angers, it, this body, these feelings like sharing and opening up and then listening and, and saying like, you said, ask and I shall receive. Let's go. <laughs> I'm here. Mm-hmm. Answer me. You know, and, and it's vulnerable, but to me, I've, I've, I had a prayer coach to a degree that kind of helped me like, don't just pray and then say amen. And then be like, all right, and walk around or leave like in your stop, like have a conversation. And like all the scriptures are, are these prophets having conversations with God the moment they're praying. 
True. Like, so that that's where I would send people because he, my testimony has been that he is the healer. He is the counselor. He is, he is everything. And, and so that, that's, that's where I've gone and it's been life changing. And I've, I've never expressed myself more. I've never cried more. I've never felt deeper. I've never been healed more uh, fully than, than I have the last couple of years. And, and all these principles that you teach have been, those are principles that have helped me be able to communicate. It's given me vocabulary to be able to express myself or, and permission yeah. to express myself. And and it's, it's the most, he's the most empathetic individual you can go to. Far. He's already, he's already felt it. He knows, he knows exactly what you're talking about. Thank you. That is, that is a deep work. That is a, um, requires humility at a level that I'll say personally that I have work to do there. I have a lot of work to do there. Yeah. I'm, I'm just beginning, but it's, but I've been hearing him. That's his promise, right? <laughs> what, what, what else is better? Yeah. And to me, one of the first questions that I've, I've gone to him is like, I'm, <clears throat> I was on Twitter too much this week or, you know, I, I, I know I could have been doing so much more this week and that's, I throw that out there. Yeah. And a few times when I've, when I've gone there, I've heard you're right where I want you. And it's like, I don't, I don't need to hear anything else. <laughs> and he's like, you're here with me. Wow. Let's go. Let's, you know, you, you keep progressing, you know? Yeah. You're on Twitter. Great. Okay. Well, you're, admitting that to me. Let's re- talk about yeah, it. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Oh. Why, why, why are you on Twitter yeah. so much and, and getting some insight, but it's, uh, it's, it's real. And, and that's, that's been, uh, the same for my wife and for my kids. And it's been absolutely uh, amazing to be doing this as a family. Thank you. This week I, with you want to invite anyone who's listening to ask themselves, am I a partner with God? Do I bring him in? Am I willing? Am I humble enough to ask him to show me where I need to look, how I need to change and to make the choice, make the movement that he gives us. Can I share one other example? Yes. This just popped in my head and this, this ties these together, but the, the, uh, I'd never been through a layoff before. I never had to fire people mm. in mass. And mm. I fired up about 120 people yeah. uh, last February. Mm. And in throughout business, I had done a really good job of whenever the company was doing well, I would give credit to our people. And I'd be like, well, this person runs marketing. They're the ones behind the billboards. They're the ones behind yeah. the viral videos or this person Ryan runs finance and he's helped us raise a ton of money to, to exist as a company. And, and these are the people that work with him. Like I, I did really well, yeah. but when it came to firing everybody, it was all my fault. Wow. And there was the pride of yeah. I'm the CEO. Yeah. This was solely my responsibility. Yeah. And so like that was really hard. And, and you can see, I didn't separate yeah. that from my job, from who I am. Yeah. And so it was really hard, but in, in prayer, 
when I, when I went to him, what I heard was you're not the savior. You know, you think, you think you could have stopped this. You think all the mistakes and you did make a lot of mistakes, but you Mm -hmm. think that's what led to this. And, and I did, you know, I, I raised some more money and, and it was like, I, I could hire a few of those guys back, but even in prayer, it was like, this is a trial I want them to have. Again, you're not in charge. Mm. And, but there was the pride. There was the belief of, no, I am in charge. I am in control. I am the CEO. Mm-hmm. This is all on me. Yeah. Yeah. But in hearing that, like what comfort too. And it was like, look, if you want to hire them back, great. I'm just going to give them a different trial. That's going to push them to their knees. They need to come to me and this will get them to come to me. And that said, I did try to save everybody still and tried to, I was a reference for everybody that, that I, I parted ways with. I, you know, took a bunch of phone calls and I I made myself sick. I tried so hard. Yeah. Well, what I'm hearing you say is you believed you were responsible to not, for them to not feel any pain. And that is not our role that that brings so much pain into our lives when we try to play God, like, Oh, we want to make sure they don't have any pain. So I, I love the idea that, Hey, I've got them. You do your job, Johnny. They're mine. I'll do mine. Yes. They are my, I love them so much more than you can (laughs) comprehend. So just do your job. I've got them. And then your invitation before this was when you're let go, or when you have to be the one letting go, turn to God. He is right there. He knows. He knows you. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing. When we started, Johnny said, can I like, can I talk about God? And I, I want to be clear. I am all about that we are daughters, sons and daughters of heavenly parents who love us. And they're so aware of us. Okay, you will have many choices in your week. I hope you'll choose to do the work. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience, or ask me a question, go to coachchristy.life and fill out the podcast questionnaire, and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.